I, I just feel this word in my heart tonight, and uh, and I just been I've been thinking about it really for more than just today. But I want to talk to you about the power of intercession. Is that okay? And I want you to look at this verse here, Second Timothy two one. It says this: I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. I want to read it one more time. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Paul urged the church to pray for all people. We are to pray for people, right? And he said to ask God to help them, to intercede on their behalf. Intercession is what he's talking about. What does it mean to intercede? It means the act of praying and petitioning God on behalf of another person or a group of people. That's called intercession. If I pray for Tanya and I say, Lord, would you help Tanya? Would you bless her day today? Would you grace her today? Would you give her wisdom today? Would you fill her with your love today? I'm interceding for Tanya. And the Bible says we should intercede for each other. And I think sometimes we've lost, we've lost the, the practice of intercession. And so the Bible teaches us that we should be intercessors. And it's expected of believers to intercede. We are to pray for those that are sick. James 5.16 says, confess your faults to one another. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. We are to pray for each other when we're physically healed, when we're spiritually struggling. We are to pray for those that are burdened. Galatians 6.2 says, share each other's burdens and this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Nothing can help somebody with their burdens more than whenever you pray for them, right? And then he says, we, we should pray for those who, to be set free from bondages and strongholds. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4, it says, we use God's mighty weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. You know, the most powerful weapon that we have is prayer. And so again, if I'm praying for, for somebody, if I'm praying for, for Daryl and I'm, and I know he's struggling and I say, Lord, I pray that you break down every argument against the knowledge of God. I pray that you break every stronghold in his mind that is keeping him, Lord, in fear. And, and I pray that you would pull down every lie of the enemy. I'm interceding for them. And how many of you know that sometimes that alone will set somebody free and give them a liberty that they've never had before. Are y'all with me out there? And so I want to encourage you today. The Bible says we are to pray for God to send out workers in his harvest. In Matthew 9, 38, it says, pray for pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send out workers into his into his fields or into the harvest fields. And so the Bible tells us over and over again that we should pray. In fact, Jesus is our supreme example. The Bible tells us in John 17 and 9, you know, John 17 is when Jesus prayed for his disciples and he really prayed for all of us. And it says this in verse 9, my prayer, he's praying to the Father. You know, we call uh, the Lord's Prayer the Lord's Prayer. John 17 is really the Lord's Prayer. 
He taught the disciples how to pray, Our Father which art in heaven. But this is really the Lord's Prayer. He said, Father, I pray in verse 9. My prayer is not for the world, but for those who have get, you have given me because they belong to me. In verse 20, he says, I am praying not only for the disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me through their, through this message. So he was praying for us before we ever came into the kingdom. Amen. In Hebrews 7.25, it says this, Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him, and he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. In Romans 8.34, it says, He sits at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. The ministry of Jesus right now is He's praying for us. He's asking the Father to help us. How many of you are glad about that? Amen. But now He wants us to intercede. And I want you to, I want you to encourage you today that you can make a difference in people's lives by praying for them. And I think sometimes we forget about that. And, and you know, a couple of, you know, different times throughout my Christian life, the Lord has just helped me to realize the power of intercession. And Tanya and I, we've been praying for a few people and we've been noticing God doing exactly what we're praying and asking God to do. And so you, you know, sometimes we forget how powerful intercession is. And so listen, you know, I believe that Paul said, listen, I'm going to this city or that city. Pray for me that I might have liberty in preaching the word. Paul understood that if he could be successful in ministry, he needed people interceding and standing in the gap and praying for him. Amen. Now, listen, I know you have family and you have friends and not everybody that you know is doing great. Some of the people that you know, they need prayer. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? And I just want to encourage you that you can make a difference, not only in your life, but you can make a difference in the lives of the other, other people. But you have to, you have to believe in intercession. Here's some keys to intercession. And the first key is this. You got to believe in the power of intercession. Remember Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. You know, I heard a story just this week. Uh, I, I had a, a man, a brother in Christ, and, and he had a child that was just wayward and just, you know, raised up in church, but just totally, uh, you know, walked away from everything that they knew concerning the Lord. And I encouraged him to pray a prayer. There's a prayer. There, there's a, a verse in Habakkuk chapter two, I think. And I can't remember the verse, but, you know, whenever uh, whenever Gomer married uh, uh, Hagar, thank you. And uh, she was a prostitute and uh, and the Lord said to marry her. And, and then she she went and chased other lovers. And the Bible says the Lord told him, pray a hedge. I'm going to put a hedge of thorns around her. And whenever she goes after her lovers, she won't find any pleasure and she'll come back to her first love. And I encouraged him. I heard that before. I said, you know, maybe just pray a hedge around your child and just ask the Lord to, to hedge her way that she won't find any pleasure in anything but you. And you know what he told me this week? He said, man, Todd, she is turning around. She seemed like she didn't want anything to do with me or God or church or anything. But all of a sudden she showed up at church and she's coming to my house and she's visiting us and we spend a great time. And so I just want to encourage you right now that there is power in intercession, but you got to believe it. How many of you believe it? You got to believe it. Amen. 
But here, here's another key. You got to persist in intercession. In Luke 18, 1, Jesus, it says, Jesus told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, you know, he was talking about that little widow that went knocking on the judge's door. And it was at nighttime, he was to bed. And he said, listen, I'm going to get up and give her some bread for her friend or for her neighbor, because if I don't, she won't leave me alone. Jesus told that parable in the context of prayer. And he said, we should always pray and not give up. I think sometimes we pray a prayer and we don't see an answer. We throw in the towel and say, oh, well, you know, I guess God don't want to do that. No, I want to encourage you. You just keep crying out to God until you see something happen and manifest in the natural. Amen. And so, you know, I remember I'm thinking about Tanya's parents, her brother, you know, he had become an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic for 30 years. They were making plans for his funeral. He was, he had, he was so bad off. And you know, all of a sudden he calls her up and says, I want to go to church. And somewhere around the altar, right around right here, he came up here, gave his life to Christ, fell on the ground. He got slain in the spirit. He got up and said, mama, I want some help. They got him in rehab, from rehab. We got him straight to uh, Freedom freedom Challenge. And now he's been serving in Freedom Challenge for years now. He's been like seven years sober for 30 years. 30 years he was an alcoholic. He could not go a day without drinking. But God radically changed him. But his mom and dad would not give up. They kept saying, God, you know my son Aaron. You need a Lord, do something in Aaron's life. Do something. And they would get discouraged. But they would come back to prayer and say, Lord, I pray that God, you would do something supernatural. Amen. How many of you know God will answer your prayer? Galatians 6, 9 says, Don't grow weary in good doing, in well doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. And so listen, you've got to learn to battle in the Spirit, spiritual battling and intercession. Ephesians 6, 12 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. We do live in a spiritual world, and there is a spiritual battle. Now, what really encourages me, you know, years ago, Tanya was having these nightmares where she felt like she was running all night, and somebody was chasing her. She would wake up in the morning tired. You ever been there? And it was reoccurring, reoccurring. And I thought, you know, you know what? This is the enemy's not playing fair. He's attacking her whenever she's asleep where she can't do battle. And so I was in the living room just praying for her, pleading the blood over her, just binding up every attack of the enemy. And she came out of the bedroom. It was early in the morning on a Sunday morning. And and she came out of the bedroom and she said, were you praying for me? I said, yeah. And she just had an experience in that dream where somebody was chasing all of a sudden. I can't remember all the details, but Jesus came to her rescue. And whenever she woke up and Jesus rescued her she could hear my voice in the living room and I can't tell you what that did for me in my prayer life I realized that oh my goodness like God was really answering my prayer wow I was praying for her. and so I just want to encourage you today how many of you got some family members that you want to pray for tonight amen come on you got to persist in prayer it's a spiritual battle you got to keep crying out to God even whenever you don't see anything any movement in the natural keep crying out to God and believe God for a miracle. Amen. And here's the last key. Decree God's word in intercession. Lord, I declare there, there, there are 
They are living for you. They're, they're walking in your light. They're walking in your glory. I just want to encourage you right now to pray. You know, Job prayed for his kids every day. The Bible says he would, he would offer up a, a sacrifice. He would pray for his kids. He said, you know, maybe my kids did something, rebelled against God, and he would lift them up. I see that as him interceding, right? Remember when Moses, when, when Moses was on the mountaintop, Aaron and her had each a hand. Joshua was in the battle and or down on the valley in the battle and as long as Moses's hands were up Joshua was winning the battle but as soon as his arms would drop Joshua would start getting defeated and so Aaron and her sat him on a rock they each held up his arms and they says as they held up his arms Joshua was winning the battle in the valley and Joshua won the victory because somebody was interceding for him and so I'm saying that we can help people get the victory if we will intercede. Amen? And so I want you to stand back up now, and I want you to just be be just uh, be prayerful right now, okay? Now, Romans 8 says, sometimes we don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes through us. The Spirit of God wants to intercede. Now, you know, Pastor Brandon mentioned it just a while back, but the ripple prayer. You know, if you throw a, 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 a stone, I mean a, a, a rock in a pond, it makes ripples, right? It starts where the stone or the rock went in and it ripples out to the edges of the, of the pond. A ripple prayer is you start here and you work your way out. I believe it's okay for me to pray for myself, right? Because I believe God wants to set me free. He wants to break strongholds in my mind. He wants to give me more light and more joy. He wants to break oppression off my life. He wants to fill me with the Holy Ghost. He wants to fill me with an anointing. Whenever I minister to somebody, I can make some headway. Amen. Have you ever prayed for somebody and you felt like you were trying to turn out a forest fire with a water gun? But whenever you get full of the Spirit, full of the power of God, you ready to go after the forest fire, man. You feel like you got a fire hydrant. Amen.